Last June 24, we were all shocked by the news that former President Benigno Aquino III had already passed away. He was, of course, the son of democracy icons, former President Corazon Aquino and former Senator Benigno Aquino Jr. We were told that it was a lingering illness, something which somehow kept him from public view toward the later years of his life. Uh, but of course, we knew that uh, he had this conscious effort to stay out of the public uh, consciousness somehow after he finished his term in 2016. Now, tributes poured in and they all helped us better understand the man, the kind of person, and the kind of president that he was, especially during his term from 2010 to 2016. Now, for this sixth episode of our Facts First podcast, we'll try to better understand that person through the perspective, through the eyes of one of the persons who consistently stuck with him and who was assigned to speak with him during those six years of his presidency. So we would like to welcome on our podcast this week, former Deputy Presidential Spokeswoman, Abigail Balte. Gandang araw po at salamat sa pagpapaunlak dito sa aming invitasyon to be part of this podcast this week. Hi Christian, good morning. Um, good morning to all your the listeners of your podcast as well as your viewers on YouTube. Okay. Ganda umaga. Pasensya na, medyo malungkot yung introduction natin na. So I think we're not even a week uh, away from from the uh, sudden death of uh, former President Benigno Aquino III. Etong conversation natin mas naisip ko maganda ng mag-focus tayo dun sa perspective mo bilang taga pagsalita dati ni Pangulong Aquino. Unang-una. Let's start with how you got involved in the campaign because I understand you were part of the campaign of the president in 2010 and then later on he took you in as part of his cabinet. So, unang-una, paano ko ba na-involved sa kampanya ni President Aquino at saka ni Marojas in 2010? Yes. 2010, parang it seems so long ago, no? But in 2010, I had a friend who was volunteering in the campaign for communications, for media. And um, I was still a young, young pa talaga yung ginamit ko. I was um, a junior associate in a small law firm. And at that time, I felt na parang, you know, it was August, um, former President Cory Aquino died. And I wasn't really one for politics. So, but when I saw that, oo nga, no? Kasi may, may parents, my family, uh, ano yan eh, they're all... They, they were part of the EDSA revolution. So when I saw that um, President Cory died and there was this outpouring of support and, you know, and then eventually Senator Aquino declared that he would, um, he would run for president. Uh, a friend reached out to me and said, now we're trying to get volunteers for his media and communication. So I said, ano namang gagawin ko doon? Eh, abogado ako, parang di naman ako masyadong useful. So sabi niya, hindi, ano yan, mag-review ka, kaya mo yan, tuturuan kita. Review mo lang yung mga policies from before. To make sure that comms was not, um, hindi ko kontra sa policy ng tatay niya at saka sa policy ng nanay niya. So I, I ended up leaving my, my job to volunteer in the campaign. And you know how campaigns go, Nag, you know, people come, people go. And parang ang nangyari na lang by default, ako yung naiwan na senior doon sa unit. And then eventually, um, the campaign manager then was um, Secretary Butch Abad. And he took me in and he said, 
okay, I think we can we can continue to work despite the you know, yung gulo sa kampanya na may aalis, may ba, may ano, may may dadagdag. So I was retained and then eventually, siguro dahil ako yung medyo senior na nung panahon na yun, I was given the task to to run the team. And then eventually when of course when he won, I by the time I had already worked with a lot of people in the campaign and I got several offers to from from different people to to help in their staff. My mine was really staff level yung ano ko, yung yung kaya kong gawin noon. Um but then eventually um my name was was nominated at the time he already had a spokesperson si secretary Edwin Lacerda and then i think when he came in syempre lahat most of us were new to government especially in communications um hindi niya na realize i think Christian you were here well, you were there when nagkaroon ng kaunting gulo because um hindi pa kami sanay doon sa rigors of palace media na kailangan pala everyday mag-briefing kahit linggo meron sasagot ka sa radyo sasagot ka sa text yung mga ganung bagay so it was too much for one person to do so at the time um, he gave several nominations to the president and I don't know also he didn't ask for di siya humingi ng audition video or anything basta he said okay um, Abby can be your ano can be the deputy wala akong problem parang I, I I would I, I want her to be the one. Parang ganon. But what was it like uh, when you first met him during the campaign? I understand, di ba? Ito yung isang kampanya kung saan maraming kabataan, very idealistic, uh, who were drawn in in that campaign because of the promise of change, because of the, 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 type, the type of person who was running for the highest office in the Philippines at that time. Ano yung, paano yung unang pagkikita niyo ni President Aquino? Nako, yung unang pagkikita namin, I even have a picture. It's so funny because she wasn't even looking at the camera because there were so many people. Um, I think it was in Cubao, the first time I met him. And I was always kasi nga staff level. So ako lang yung pagdumadaan siya, nag-aabang lang kami para makita siya. But um, again, he didn't know me from from Adam, diba? so to speak, at the time. So lumapit lang ako sa kanya, sabi ko, sir, okay lang po ba magpa-picture? So nagpo-picture ako and that was it. I don't I doubt that he remembered my name or remembered that I was he probably thought that I was, you know, one of the many young people then around his campaign and he just said thank you. That was it. I mean, it was a very it was a very uneventful first meeting. Okay. Pero nung ano, naging presidente na siya, so kinuha ka na as deputy uh, presidential spokesperson. How was it like speaking for the president at that time? Alam mo, Christian, yung araw-araw na kinakabahan ka, na ano kayang, baka may mali akong masabi, meron akong, kasi the day start syempre with um, taking in radio interviews from yung issues of yesterday, di ba? Alam naman natin, or baka may breaking. Tapos syempre, magtatawag na kami for information, for positions, kasi ito, uh, alam mo rin to, di ba? Lahat sa palasyo tinatanong, kahit audit report ng maliit na ahensya basta merong finding palace reaction. Yeah. So um that was the way that it was. So it was really the mornings were really a search for information. Um 
nung first time kong mag-briefing, I think was sometime in September. 2010. Oo, 2010. Talagang ano na, kinakabahan na ako. I mean, I was used to speaking in front of people but not in front of media. Diba? So, um, and then after nun, after ng briefing, as in talagang takot ako magkamali eh. Takot akong may masabing uh, mali in the sense na hindi pala yun yung posisyon niya o mali in the sense kasi baka may magalit. So, it was really the butterflies were there until the day we ended term. I'm not kidding. Every time haharap ako sa camera, talagang kinakabahan ako. And I think mas kabado ako nung hapon kasi syempre makikita mo na yung mga storya na lumalabas. Diba? Kita mo na yung mga report. So pag pumapasok na yan, uh, kinakabahan na ako kasi ibig sabihin, makikita ko na kung tama ba yung sinabi ko or meron bang storyang hindi akma dun sa sinabi ko. So, Pero was... paano nyo inalay nyo ano, yung sasabihin mo dun sa alam mong iniisip o miski hindi pa sinasabi ng Pangulo? Diba dapat may congruence So how oh. did you do it? Kailangan ba kausap pa siya lagi before you face the media at that time? Kailangan nakikipag-usap ka sa kanya? Well, regular yung conversations namin talaga. Kasi open door ang policy ni Pinoy eh. Um, basta alam mong wala siyang meeting or hindi siya nag-aaral, pwede ka namang kumatok dun sa pinto niya at magtanong ka. Um, very open din yan kasi pag text, sumasagot din siya. Minsan pag wala siya nasa probinsya, tatawag. So, basta libre siya, makikipag, may tanong ka, makikipag-usap siya sa'yo. Um, ako, I learned a lot because in the beginning in the campaign, I was transcribing a lot of his uh, campaign speeches also and his media interviews. So, I really got to know his voice by tra- transcribing. Transcription talaga kasi maliit lang naman yung team namin nun. So, may magsusul- hindi naman pwedeng isa lang writer, isa lang yung transcriptionist, di ba? So, kami nun, talagang all around, lahat kami nagtatrabaho. And that's, that was how I learned really the tone of his voice, yung patterns of thinking niya. So, inaral ko rin talaga. Parang the work prepared me to, to help him with, with media. Um, but syempre, pag may mga bagong issues talaga, um, he made sure that we were included in his meetings in Malacanang. So all the policy meetings, someone from comms would sit para alam na namin kung ano yung iniisip niya bago pa siya maging issue. May time ba na after niyo magsalita, kunwari ikaw or si Secretary Lasherda, after nun parang nag-message siya or pinatawag kayo at medyo nainis siya because oh, of something oh. that you had said? Oo, syempre. Ano yan eh. Um, he was, ang lagi niya kasing sinasabi, those are my words. Diba? So at the end of all of it, ang makukot is siya, position niya. Diba? So he will be responsible for what we say. Um, oo, marami. Maraming beses na nag-text na, okay, bakit ganito yung nangyari? Paano siya magalit? Um, actually, alam mo, Christian, yung pinaka nagalit yan sa akin, na talagang galit na galit siya sa akin, was not because of something I said. It was something I did. Na, if you remember, um, 2014, I'm not, it was the Janet Napoles entire surrender and ganyan. Okay, I remember so, that. Oh. 
yung nagpunta oh. sa Malacañang si Janet Napoles. Oo, kasi um, it was very cloak and dagger the way that oh. it happened na magsusurrender yung location, undisclosed, yung mga ganon. So, you know, for whatever reason, I ended up being in that team to 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 meet her and her lawyer to for her to facilitate her surrender. So, I think at the time, most of the cabinet were already with him in Malacañang. They were meeting on some other things. And then he was informed that um Janet Napoles was being transported already. And then for some reason, naghanap siya. So, sana asa na si ano? Asa na si Abby? And then someone said she's with that team that, you know, that picked her up. So I, I didn't know that that conversation happened. But so at the time that she was in the waiting, ano, in the holding area, and then he came out. So, you know, we were very tense kasi, di ba, napakalaking, napakalaking kasalanan yung ginawa nitong taong to. So instead of going straight to where the, the meeting was, And nakatayo ako sa gilid. Dumiretso siya sa akin. Tapos sabi niya, bakit ka sumama? Nagulat ako talaga, Christian. Sabi niya, bakit ka sumama? Eh kung may nangyari sa'yo, anong, anong ipapaliwanag ko sa asawa sa anak mo na kung nasaktan ka? So talagang, nasyak ako ako yung pinagalitan niya. You know, talagang, I mean, at that time, I was just dumbfounded. So it wasn't, it wasn't, professional. It was more of paano kung nasaktan ka, delikado. Anong gagawin natin? So it so, was, ano, it was more of concern. Bakit ka sumama? Oo, it they was didn't more... want you to be part of that team that picked up Janet Napoles. Oo, parang he didn't know that I was there. Na Parang sabi niya, anong ginagawa niya doon? He, he's very, ano kasi, um, he's also very protective that way. In fact, I mean, alam to nung malaki niyang press corps, ako yung taong bahay na pag may nangyayari, hindi mo na ako sumasama pag foreign trips eh. Ako yung ano, nagbabantay sa tindahan kapag walang tao. So, he, he was always very, okay, dito ka ha. Basta you mind the store when, when you know, the people are not there. So, it was always my role. Ako talaga yung taong bahay. So, nagulat siya siguro na bakit bigla akong lumabas. So, eh, yun. Pero dun sa ano, pero dun sa let's say mga press conferences, ang dami mo mga briefings na hinandle, no? So, Nagkaroon ba ng pagkakataon na... Siyempre, may ganun pagkakataon, definitely, no? May mga oh. nasabi ka na siguro sobra o kulang, paano kanya kinausap after? Ah, yung kulang, okay lang yon sa kanya. Kasi siyempre, hindi mo naman... Hindi naman kayo one and the same person, di ba? Naiintindihan naman ni, ni Sir yon Pero yung, yung, yung sobra, hindi niya ako napagalitan ever na sobra. It was more of... Ah, I remember. Uh, it was a weekend briefing and someone asked kung inevitable ba na siguro mga 2014 to, kung inevitable ba na hihiwalay si Vice President Binay sa ad- administrasyon. And I think my answer was, well, you know, he belongs to a separate, a different political party and the president is chairman of the Liberal Party. So, you know, You figure it out from there. Inevitability is that hindi naman talaga sila magkasama in the first place. Diba? It was obviously a very political question at the time. Hindi pa to nagbabreak si, si VP Binay from the administration. So, uh, yun, pinatawag niya ako. 
And the very next Monday, I got a call. Patawag ang tawag namin doon. So, principal's office na naman ako. And then he said, I, I understand that you... I understand where you came from. But at this point, don't say things like that. It wasn't wrong. You did not lie. Pero yung ganon, iwasan mo. Kasi nga ayaw nating mamuliti ka at this time. So yun talaga, talaga I felt so, so bad. So paano da- dapat yung sagot sa mga ganon tanong ng time na yun? So how were you supposed to parry or get out of that uh, kind of question? Well, at least sabi niya yung ganyan, pasa mo na lang dun sa mga ano, sa LP because, you know, or just say na at this time we're not we're not really thinking of things like that because, you know, sidestep and then because we're focusing on this. Diba? So that one was really, really, that one was bad because he's, um, parang sabi pa niya na, naku, I want to suspend you. So I was like, Sir, I'm sorry, but if you want to suspend me, please go ahead. I know naman nagkamali po ako. Tapos eventually, wala, ayaw na rin niya. Parang nagalit lang talaga siya sa akin. And then wala na. Kasi I, I think he was also medyo si Sir kasi malambot ang puso kapag medyo mas bata. Eh lalo ang dami niyang... I mean, you know, napapagalitan kami. Pero pagkatapos nun, okay na eh. Basta tuloy lang yung trabaho niyo. Kumbaga, hindi siya, hindi nagtatagal yung galit sa kanya. Hindi siya nagtatanim. Hindi. To be fair kay sir, hindi siya nagtatanim ng galit. Lalo sa staff. Basta nakikita niyang kinokorek mo yung trabaho mo. Saka iniiwasan mo yung pagkakamali mo. Okay na sa kanya yun. Okay. Napakahirap syempre ng trabaho nung tagapagsalita ng Pangulo. No? So, pero based na sa kinikwento mo kanina, he basically understood uh, the role of the spokespersons, no? that you were alter egos of the president. So kung ano may lumabas sa bibig nyo, kung ano yung sabihin nyo in front of the microphone, those would be the president's words. Tama? Yes, correct. Pero paano nyo sineseparate? Diba minsan, I remember this kasi I was part of the Malacanang Press Corps at that time. Early on, tsaka toward the latter part of his administration. Diba minsan may mga tanong na uh, tinatanong yung personal opinion nyo as a spokesperson. Mm. But in fact, you know that that would be very complicated because it's very difficult to separate your uh, individual, uh, yung, yung, yung sarili mong pagkatao, di ba? Dun sa posisyon na hawak mo. Mm-mm. So, paano nyo hinandle yung mga ganun? Ako, I say outright that my personal opinion does not matter in this issue. So, I, I knew it was clear to us, at least to, to those who spoke to the president, that we were being asked because of the president. It wasn't because they wanted to talk to me, diba? to talk to me as Abigail Valte. Nobody cares, diba? Um, So, I, hindi kami, we would really always say na it's not, it doesn't matter. My personal opinion on this matter is not at issue or neither is it relevant. I think this was especially, um, it was especially difficult in uh, for the reproductive health law because he was already the, the balance that we had to we had to maintain was that um, his point was we we want this law diba? but let us not 
rub it into the faces of those who are not in favor of it. Kumbaga, wag na nating ipagdukdukan na pro RH tayo. So, yun yung ano, yun yung instruction sa amin is that we've already done what we can in terms of shepherding the law. But let's just not shove it in the faces of the those who are against it na pinupush natin to. Okay. Pero was there uh, ever a time when there was an explicit instruction from him for you guys not exactly lie but not tell the truth? Even there's a fine difference between that. Yes. Oh, I understand. I understand the difference. That's why um, in the beginning, very clear yung instructions niya sa amin. Uh, do not lie. Do not make things up. Kasi iba din yung make things up, di ba? Minsan lie kasi active yan eh. Um, do not lie, do not make things up. If you do not know it, say you do not know. And if you know it, nag-emerge yung pang-apat eh, when ta- as time went by. If you know the answer, but you cannot, you cannot talk about it, then say that you are not authorized to speak on the matter. So just so it protects us from lying, essentially. Kasi talagang yun ayaw niya because he will know eh. Si sir kasi, nagbabasa yan ng jaryo every morning. <laughs> Dalawang, dalawang jaryo binabasa niyan, star tsaka inquirer. The rest is given to him in digests. So pati radio reports, TV reports, ano yan, it's, it's kasama yan ng, ng agahan niya. And then he goes into his briefing papers for his meeting. So it's it's ano it's um, it would have been stupid to think that he would miss lies, especially coming from his team. Okay. So, de ba ang impression namin kay President uh, Aquino? He was very concerned about details, no? Ganong klaseng tao siya, tama ba? Mm-mm. Oo. Very ano. Um, Hindi ko na nung babangitin kung sino, but there was, uh, I sat in a 2010 to, uh, we, there was a briefing with the particular agency at the time, all the agencies were coming and then presenting, kasi parang essentially mid-year yon, di ba, when he came in, in 2010, so they were presenting the progress so far and what the rest of the year could look like for the agency. So someone was reporting, this particular agency had, um, visitation powers kasi licensing sila um, so I was sitting next to him and then I noticed that he was just in his usual way asking questions na so nagpresent na let's just say hypothetically I don't remember the number anymore um, let's say sabi nila nag, nagyayabang sila that they're able daw to inspect about parang 10,000 establishments so sayo niya, ah, I see 10,000. Okay. And his next question was, so how many people do you have that do the inspections? Okay. So let's say the answer was 10. Okay, 10. So how long does it take for one inspector to do an inspection of one establishment? At this time, I already knew where it was going, but that person in front of him had no idea. So, say, ah, okay, so let's say two hours per person. So in an eight-hour workday, one person can do maybe about um, three factoring in traffic and then pahinga and things like that, diba? So three, 
you have 10 people. There are five work days in a week. So how are you able to do 10,000 in six months? So at the time, parang ako talaga na pag-ano'n nalang ako dun sa, sa tabi. Kasi, and then the guy was obviously very shocked. And then he was just very matter-of-fact. Okay, so either superhero yung mga inspector mong sasampu at nakasampun libo ka in six months, o may mali dun sa data mo. O ngayon, tatayo ako, pagbalik ko, sana tama na yung ibibigay mo sa akin. Okay. Ngayon, pag-usapan natin yung mga common misconceptions about the president. Again, we're dealing with these uh, topics with the benefit of hindsight. no? So, I think ganun naman yung naging tenor nung marami sa mga tributes sa lumabas after he died. Hmm. So, better understanding, better knowledge about the person that he was. What hmm. do you think were the most... Um, were the worst misconceptions about the president? Ako, two things. Um, na first is yung tamad siya. And second is that he's a cold person. Um, first is yung tamad because as staff, ang trabaho namin is to be there before he arrives and to leave only when he is gone. So, hindi ko naramdaman kasi yung katamaran sa totoo lang kasi again, mauuna ka sa kanya tapos aalis ka lang kapag natapos na umalis na siya. I mean, I did not feel that. Not once in my six years in, in the palace with him did I feel na tamad siya. Given that he is not an early riser like GMA and FVR. Kasi I understand GMA and FVR parang 4 o'clock pa lang. Si sir naman kasi, I think would get up at 7. Okay. So, maaga pa rin. <laughs> oh, maaga. Wait, but again, because it was relative eh. GMA no. was at 4 and, wait, sorry, 5 yata si GMA and then 4 si FVR. So parang it was still late, ba? In terms of comparison, parang late pa rin yan. And I knew that he also worked late kasi minsan, alas 11 na, makakakuha pa ako ng text dyan if he was asking about something. So, it's not... That one I always found odd. Um, and then second was that he didn't care. I understand that si Sir kasi is very... Ang poker face niyan minsan eh. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not the huggy kind of person, hindi yan hindi siya very expressive when it comes to that but sa amin kasi in the background, we see the care because naayos na ba yung ganito? Ano ba yung maibibigay natin? Yung instructions were always not for him but for other people. How many people will be affected? Handa na ba tayo sa relief pack? Handa na ba tayo sa gamot? It was always like that so um I guess for me, that was it. Yun yung dalawang, I always found it. Well, the second I understood because I knew naman na hindi siya talaga very, alam mo yun, hindi siya very huggy or conventional comforter kind of person. Medyo deadpan ang ano niya, ang personality. Oo eh, kahit humor niya, very, very deadpan talaga. Okay. For example, ano rin sa mga controversies that you remember which affected him, affected him the most? Kasi siyempre, pag public official ka, you have to know how to roll with the punches. Pero siyempre, tao ka pa rin, di ba? 
Correct. So may mga issues na talagang iindahin mo eh, behind closed doors. Let's talk about these issues. Ano yung mga talagang parang tumusok sa kanya? Alam mo, sa totoo marami. Marami yan. Kasi, you know, as it happens, syempre nakikita mo yung bigat nung dinadala niya. Um, if we were to pick siguro two, it would be uh, Mama Sapano and Yolanda. Just because of, alam mo yun, it was really frustration eh. Na it, things weren't followed, it should not have, yung mga ganon, yung sana kung maayos, hindi dapat ganyan. So it was always, yun yung mga dinadala niya talaga. And even, ano, even, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I had, I was the one who had to confirm that three of our Filipinos had to, were, were executed in China. If you remember very early on. Kahit yung mga ganung bagay talaga, you would see that it would bear on him. Hindi niya. His thing was always, did we do all that we can? But still, you know, in those cases, even in the case of Mary Jane Veloso, di ba? That, that was naman the flip side sa ano naman yon, successful naman yon. You would see that it really weighed on him. Lalo kapag ano, kapag, whenever death was involved, mabigat talaga yan sa kanya. How did he cope? with uh, such situations kasi nga di ba pag presidente ka anything you say anything you do could affect people in real ano right. actually affect the people right. so for example di ba yung one particular policy can lead to death di ba right. pag nag-order ka sa military to strike may mga tao mamamatay definitely no right, right. so paano niya dinala yung ganun how did he cope um he was His coping mechanism, I think, for that was really to make sure that he had all the facts before making a decision. Yung hindi tayo nagpapadala sa sabi-sabi, hindi tayo nagpapadala sa bulong, lalo pag buhay yung pinag-uusapan, sinisigurado niya na tama yung binibigay sa kanyang impormasyon. I mean, it sounds kasi very strange if you're talking about human life. Um, but to him, it was his way. Are we making the right decision? Is our decision based on real facts and not chismis? So that was his way for it. Sa mamasapa, ano yung pinaka-dinala at saka ininda niya nun? What was the biggest regret? I think that it would not have happened if his instructions were followed. Kasi iba din yung representation sa kanya eh. Nung nag-report, I, I don't want to mention names anymore, but nung nag-report kasi sa kanya, it was iba eh. Iba yung, iba yung information. So, I think for him, parang hindi rin niya maintindihan kung bakit ganon. Parang anong point nyo? Bakit kayo nagsinungaling? Bakit kayo, bakit, bakit? tinago nyo. Parang ganun yung sa kanya eh. But so, ultimately siya nagdala nito, di ba? Because he, he was the president at that time and he had to answer yes. for whatever shortcomings that took place, yes. no? Oo. And yes, so he was always prepared not to say that it did not weigh on him because it did, Christian. I mean, even post-term, he would check up on, patignan nyo nga kung naibigay na to because 
you know, um, all the assistance naman that was given, of course, it's never enough. It's not, it will never be enough in terms of compensating for, di ba, for human life. But for him, parang pinangako natin to, siguraduhin natin na ibigay natin. So tinatanong pa rin niya, miski hindi na siya presidente? Oo, tinatanong pa rin niya yan. Example yung benefits sa mga widows, sa mga Oo. children, di ba? May promise na, tama ba? Oo, may, may uh, financial housing. assistance, housing. Oo, may housing, may scholarship assistance, may livelihood assistance. Yung iba kasi nagka-issue about housing. Kasi syempre hindi naman yan in one area. So yung iba parang nag uh, humingi sila ng assistance to just buy the the lot they were in currently. So iba-iba yung request. So some of them were were just a matter of paperwork. Some of them ran into roadblocks. So he was really concerned about about making sure that those were were delivered. Was there a time or was there a part of him where he was actually blaming himself for what happened? Yun, ultimately. Ultimate, ultimately, yes, of course. Because he took on commander-in-chief. She. I mean, whatever the legalities of it were at the time, you knew that, uh, we knew, we knew that he was, talagang, he, he thought about it, he... I'm sure over and over again. Because sometimes he would call and say, "Na alam mo na alala mo yung ganito," and then when you talk about it, so I knew that he was also. It it weighed on him, very much. Pero dumating ba in time na after he stepped down, kumaga mm-hmm. napatawad din yung sarili niya because of what happened in Mama Sapa, no? Or was it a lingering frustration and problem until the day he died? No, no, I mean, not lingering naman until the day he died. But you, I knew that it was always one of the, those things na in hindsight, I think he would have wished na it turned out differently. Let's also set the record straight regarding that uh, that incident no, in the airbase. This was in Villamore, if I'm not mistaken. Diba? Dumating yung mga caskets. Right, This right. was, I think, one of the most uh, uh, controversial portions of that uh, issue. Yung right. hindi dumating yung presidente, hindi siya nalubong yung mga caskets as commander-in-chief. Mm-hmm. Yet he was seen in a separate uh, affair event, di ba? Oh, that's Bakit right. Bakit ba siya hindi nagpakita? Bakit hindi siya humarap? You know, when we were planning the arrival uh, that was given to ano to Secretary Mar because it was DILG, di ba? So PNP ito. Um, we were talking about I was in the room when we were talking about the arrangements. So, okay, dadating, C-130. It was, you know, everything in government sa totoo lang is logistics and time. Diba? So, he was saying, okay, so, galing dito, anong gagawin, etc. So, the conversation was like that. And towards the end, I remember Sekmar saying na, Chief, um, darating ka ba? Kasi siyempre, ibang, ibang usapan pag darating ng presidente kasi marami na namang ibang additional layers na gagawin. And then, you know, he stopped and then he said, baka hindi na. Kasi you allow them to grieve is what he said. So, I said, okay, anong, ano yung allow to grieve? Ano yung, some, I, I, I forget na who asked. My apologies to my colleague if I forgot. But, 
somebody asked us, parang, sir, anong, ano yung, parang, explain in short, ganon. So, sabi niya, alam mo, mahirap, alam mo yung sanya pag namatayan ka, tas maraming tao, hindi ka naman makaiyak eh. Kasi maraming tao, maraming, alam mo yon hindi naman, sabi niya, ang example na ginamit niya, kasi di ba kayo pag nasa burol, tapos nawalan kayo ng mahal sa buhay. Siyempre, pag nakaburol, medyo, ano tayo, we still put up a face. Kasi nga, there are people who are condoling with you. Pero yung kailangan din na pag uwi mo na sa bahay at tapos na, na ilalabas mo na yung sa, sa loobin mo. Sabi na, let's give them time to grieve. Kasi ang hirap ng kailangan sila muna, is what he said. And then he went into that story of nung namatay ang tatay niya. Diba? He, wasn't, he wasn't here. He was still in Boston. I think he only arrived a week later. And there was no time for them to grieve also when his pero, father died. Pero he was aware of the political cause at that time if he didn't show up, diba? May nag-remind ba sa kanya during that, uh, that, that conversation? You know, pag in things like that, kasi he doesn't really parang tao sa politika yung in his head tao politika tao so minsan meron siyang ganyan it's also very frustrating for staff when you tell him na sir baka po ganito oh. and he will wave it off and say tao laging ganun yung in some ng mga conversations na may element na tao or politika pero may nagsabi sa kanya during that time na Mr. President we understand your position pero uh, this might not look good on you. No, Walang I ganun. don't remember. In that conversation, no. I don't remember that somebody raised it. It was only after. Because honestly, I only found out that he was in that other event. Palakad na ako to... I was supposed to be part of the receiving line for the... For the, for the ano, for the unloading of the remains. In fact, naiwan ako doon sa, sa perimeter because something was happening. So, no, I, I, I don't... I, many of my colleagues will also tell you that they were not informed that there was going to be something like that. Okay. Kumusta naman yung mga, ano, yung, yung mga dating kasama ni Pangulong Aquino sa politika? Diba? So, we understand the nature of politics here in the Philippines political parties are basically non-existent even if they are present on paper. No? So marami after, even before his term ended, marami na nagtatalunan sa kabila, di ba? How did you feel about these uh, developments? Diba? Marami siya mga former allies, tumalon uh, because of the transition. How did he take all these things? Um, You know, he was very... And it frustrates me, honestly. <laughs> he was very kind about it. Kami pa yung nagagalit na parang ano ba yan? Anyway, one particular instance na tinuruan na naman niya ako. Because I sent him a message and I said that X is uh, moving. And this was not part of the first exodus. Kasi diba normally after two days, three days after the the elections, that's, the, that's when the first exodus happens eh. Diba? And then magkaka-second wave and then may mga stragglers talaga yan. Um, this was, I think, two years after na the 
2016. So I told him that X is joining PDP Laban. And then I said, um, I understood kasi at the time that it was, you know, it was basic courtesy that if you're leaving the party, not even formal, parang magsabi ka lang, di ba? Magpasintabi ka. So I said, did you know or nagpaalam po ba sa inyo? And then sabi niya, no. It's the first time I am hearing about this from you. And, you know, me being the younger and the most, I, I would say, ano, lagi niya akong hinihirita na ikaw violent ka. Huwag kang ganyan. Yung biro niya sa akin. So, of course, I went... Pinaka mapusok. Oo, pinaka mapusok. Hindi, ako ang tawag niya sa akin, violent eh. Ikaw talaga. Violent talaga. Viol- Oo, violent. Laging ganun ang inaano ko. Laging ganun ang binibiro niya. Violent ka talaga. So, um, so you know, of course, me being me, I started being violent. And then he said... Ikaw naman. Pag, uh, parang sabi niya, alam mo, sa, sa mundo natin, tatanggapin natin may ganyan talaga. And then he explained to me, niya, alam mo yung si X, hindi niya ako kilala noong 2010, pero tumulong yan sa atin. Hindi niya ako kilala, wala siyang hiningi, walang kahit na ano. So parang tandaan na lang natin na ganun yung ginawa niya. Hayaan mo na huwag ka nang magalit, huwag ka nang maging violent. <laughs> sabi niya sa akin. So, you know, even then, I mean, he was not president already. He was still understanding, I mean, extending understanding to these people because he knew that it was the world that he was living in. Yeah, he didn't feel any sense of betrayal from former allies who, who jumped ship. Walang ganun. Wala. Wala akong... Kasi syempre maraming supporters na magsasabi sa kanya na bakit po si ganito, ganyan? Bakit kumakampi kay... Diba? Alam, alam na natin yan, Christian. Marami naman talaga na yung lilipat ng tahimik at meron namang mga lilipat pero makikisuntok pa. ba diba? So syempre, pag may mga supporters ka, ma- nakaka-frustrate at nakakainis yan sa mga supporters ng kahit sinong kampo. Diba? So inevitably may magsusumbong sa kanya and siya pa yung hayaan na natin. Huwag na nating pansinin ganyan talaga sa politika. Now, tama ba? After he left office, you stayed on uh, as a spokesperson for the president. Diba? Ikaw na nagsasalita for him. Yes. Oo. Okay. Um, when he stepped down in 2016, a uh, few days after that, I said to him na, Sir, I will be here. Kung may kailangan kayo, kung, I mean, if you will accept it, in short, if you will accept the commission, the mission, um, then I will be here. And then sabi niya, nahiya pa yan kasi sabi niya, hindi naman pwedeng abi na, ano, na tutuloy mo lang yung ginagawa mo tapos hindi naman kita parang you have to give me an, a figure for your work. And I said, there is no figure. So for you know for a time he kept saying na hindi naman pwede kailangan kahit papano meron ka namang something si Kusar hindi po pwede <laughs> hindi po hindi po yun hindi po yun kailangan pag-usapan. So ayun until I wore him down tapos parang tinanggap na lang niya na he wasn't going to parang it wasn't going to be a staff engagement. And ayun so talagang ganun na lang yung nagtuloy-tuloy na lang kami nan in that in that capacity. Okay. Now, kumusta naman yung, ano, yung buhay niya post-presidency? What was it like? Oh, Siyempre, it was a remarkable slowdown from, di ba, from 
life in life as president, ba? Diba? So, uh, funny lang because people still, he was still getting a lot of mail and he was responding to them. But um, he also still had a lot of meetings because people were still seeking out his opinion on certain things. Um, I know that he had offers to be part of the board of some companies, which he turned down because he said, na alam mo naman iba ang political climate. He didn't want, he did, he did not want the company to bear the brunt of his politics, in short. He also uh, received a lot of invitations to speak abroad, which he turned down, by the way, because he does not like traveling. He only accepted one, Singapore, to my recollection. The rest of it, I mean, he could have made a very lucrative uh, life out of being a former president kasi. Diba? Yung, yung parang, speak, ano, pa, parang Bill Clinton ba? Parang ano eh, former presidents na lang. I mean, you know, yeah. speaking engagements alone. I mean, former presidents command a very good price for those speaking engagements. But it wasn't, ano eh, it wasn't, it wasn't his cup of tea, to be honest. So, so anong mga pinagkakabalahan niya when, uh, when he stepped down, after he stepped down? So what was the typical day like for him? Kasi, he was very quiet, diba? He was hardly seen uh, in yes. public. He hardly yes. spoke about uh, political issues afterward. So, ano yung mga ginagawa niya ng time na yun? Well, in the first few months, I mean, he was very happy to have had time for his, ano, for his Netflix and his music and his, um, his nephews and nieces. Kasi yun talaga ang ano niya, yun ang pride and joy niya talaga yung mga pamangkin niya. So, they were now able to do everything that they were not. Because before, they just used to go to the mall. He would buy CDs and things like that. So, syempre, very limited yon when he was president. So, um, he was able to go to all, these, uh, to all these family gatherings, catch up, and sometimes just listen to music with his nieces and nephews. And then graduate na ba siya sa, ano? Nag-graduate na ba siya sa CDs? Nag-ano na ba? <laughs> Nag-vinyl? No. CDs pa rin siya. CDs pa rin? Hindi, hindi, pa, hindi na siya nag-Spotify? Uh, Nag-Spotify siya, but to him kasi digital was parang best diba? yung sound. Uh, so ano yan eh? Funny nga siya. One of the, oh, he's really an audiophile. So one of the speechwriters mentioned it na ang collection niya kasi is always in threes. Um, one to keep, one to play, and want to lend to other people. So ganun, he, he he's really very <laughs> he's very systematic about his music. So ayun, so you know, ano siya talaga eh? Um I I guess for people who love music, he really just gets lost in it. I mean, he listens to so many things and ayan, favorite ko yan dati, Sarah nang sabi niya na um alam mo yung dapat dasal mo kapag naiinis ka na. Seko, sir, ano yon Parang alam ko na to, pero ituloy mo. Sanya, alam mo yung prayer for generosity? <laughs> so sabi ko, yes, sir. Sanya, ayun. Minsan kaya pag umaakit na ang dugo mo, yun lang ang idadasal mo. But, you know, to him, you know, again, let's make a distinction. He wasn't, um, he wasn't, uh, ano ba? How do I say it? Hindi kasi siya masimbang tao. But he was very... He was a spiritual person in that sense. And he kept his uh, personal relationship with God. Parang ganun. 
Um, hindi siya parang pang-organized religion ba? Hindi yung mass every Sunday, communion. Pero nagdadasal siya on his own. Oo na. Oo, very much. I mean, I, I don't know anybody who plays bukas palad at the top of volume where people can hear it. Ha? And it's not just one song, it's the whole thing. And then he'd say, maganda, I'll give it to you. Parang papadalan kita ng CD. It, it really helps, you know, keep things in perspective. Okay. Finally, din naman sa ano. Kasi nga, he, he was a former president. So, understandably, people were looking for um, messages, advice, um, statements coming from him, di ba? Uh-huh. Under this current administration. Mm-hmm. So, in your conversations with him, was there a time when he also expressed certain concerns, if not frustrations, about certain policies programs or projects which might have been reversed, gains which were squandered. May ganun ba siyang concerns afterward? Um, it was more of frustrations about current policy. Not that the frustration wasn't rooted in kasi ginawa ko to tapos pinalitan nyo. It wasn't like that. It was always he had parang meron siyang agam-agam na Tama ba itong nangyayari? So, that high... Like what? Like what? Uh, yung sa pandemic response, uh, that was one of my conversations with him. That, are we doing enough? Are we, you know, cases are rising? So, marami siyang ganyan. Are we, are we vaccinating people? Are we... Are we getting enough supply? Again, government is logistics and time. So he was worried na, are we going to get it in time? Are we doing enough? Are we... But of course, those are all private, diba? I mean, I people have always asked me na, why did he keep quiet? Diba? And my explanation is always this. He is one of the few people who know how difficult it is to be president. Diba? Mm-hmm. Arab, FBR, GMA, him. In, in short, in the Philippines, apat na lang sila, nag, nag, lima, kasama si President Duterte. Lima lang silang nagkakaintindihan ng mata sa mata kung gaano kahirap maging presidente ng isang bansa. And honestly, I think he did not want to add to that burden na araw-arawin mo pa because he knew how difficult it was to try to steer a country even with na may criticism pa on a daily basis. So sa totoo, he wanted he wanted the country to succeed. Eh. It wasn't in him to say na bahala kayo dyan or to say na I wanted to fail because I want contrast. I want people to to say that I was better. It 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 was never like that. I never heard him say by the way na uh mas maganda yung ginawa natin kasi pangit yung sa kanila. It was never about squandering his gains. At least ako personally ha. I mean I know people would say that to him na sir sayang yung ganito, sayang yung ganyan. But for him it was really parang current state and are we doing enough? Pero how about yung panghihinayang? May ganun ba? Uh, hinayang in what sense? For example, yung, 
Kunwari, kasi inevitably, there would have to be certain comparisons, diba? Although I understand the concern of the former president based on your account na he was not the type who would politicize things, especially mm-hmm. after he stepped down. Pero sinabi mo nga, may mga taong nagtasabi, diba? Mr. President, sayang naman yung ganyan, diba? For example, yung panghihinayang dun sa, for example, sa part na ekonomiya, diba? Alam natin, may nangyaring pandemic. Mm-hmm. Pero in terms of handling certain aspects of it, may, may nadinig ka bang ganun ever sa kanya? Or somehow, because he understood the pressures and demands of the presidency, he, he made this conscious effort to give his successor ample space to work. Siyempre may panghinayang. Totoo naman yun. May panghihinayang kasi to him it was always ano eh, long term sana yung iniisip niya. Na okay, I'm not, I'm not meant to be here forever was always his ano. Kumbaga, six years tayo, kailangan after six years, yung susunod, kumbaga maganda yung maibibigay natin. In the hope that the next will build on that para maganda yung ibibigay dun sa susunod. Kasi di ba, it doesn't, it takes two gener, parang effectively a generation to lift people out of poverty. So, he was hoping na yung pagpasa ng bola, ganon. Diba? Magiging mas, mas. Kumbaga, from strength to strength. And oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, may panghihinayang in that sense. Lalo when the pandemic hit because parang pataas eh. And then biglang. Diba? It's now another hole that you have to to dig yourself out out of in in, in essence. Okay. Finally, um, syempre itatanong ko rito yung how, how, how the president should be remembered knowing him, having worked with him for more than six years, no? hindi lang yung during his presidency. Especially ngayon, di ba, namatay na, pero nakikita mo on social media, nandun pa rin yung conscious effort uh, by certain trolls and political operators to somehow not just counter the narrative, the the sweep of uh, support and sympathies because of his death, but also so to, to somehow viciously uh, destroy the reputation of the man, di ba? Hindi lang besmirch, talagang sirain. You know? mm-hmm. So, knowing him for more than six years, having worked with him, how do you think uh, the former president should be remembered? You know, that's a difficult question. I think that's a di- it's the most difficult that I've encountered. But in truth, um, I want people to remember him as the president who always decided for your benefit. It wasn't for his. It was always for people. So whether you agreed or disagreed with him, I knew that he never considered himself in that equation. It was always, how many people will benefit? Will this be good for people? I never once saw in him that he had personal motive in making decisions. Diba? Hindi yan, will they, let's be honest, hindi yan, yayaman ba kami dyan? Or, you know, when I step down, will I have more padrinos or something? It wasn't like that. It was always, and honestly to him, minsan kahit magalit ka na sa kanya, gagawin pa rin niya yung, yung tama because he thinks it will be good for you. Like the SSS, ano, case in point, yung pagtaas ng um, 
SSS pensions, I think, at the time. Premiums. Oo, di ba? Vinito niya yung, oo, vinito niya yung that particular bill to increase the benefits because he said, we have to take care of the life for everybody. Well, thank you very much, uh, former Deputy uh, Presidential Spokeswoman Abigail Valte for joining us on this podcast. Um, we appreciate uh, the time that you gave us. And again, our deepest condolences um, to the family and friends, co-workers, and many other people who are close to the former president, including yourself. Maraming maraming salamat po. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. And condolences to all of us. We lost a good man six days ago. Okay. So that's it for this week's episode of our Pax First podcast. Uh, you can watch this uh, episode on YouTube. You can also catch this on uh, Apple, Spotify, and Google. Thank you very much. See you again next week for another episode of Pax First.